Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. I know Daryl coached against him a long time. He's a veteran coach. You know, he's a veteran coach with a great track record. So, but you still have to go in. We, we our team has to prepare to do what we have to do. So, it's. Uh, it's no different than any other game. There's a challenge every time you go into a game. You got to figure out how to try to win, and I'm sure Daryl's thinking the same thing. That is Edmonton Oilers head coach Dave Tip at the Oilers and the Calgary Flames tonight in the Battle of Alberta, and uh, we hit on a couple topics. We're going to bring this up momentarily with John Shannon, but not before we go into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. I said, which player defines? The Flames for you, which player defines the Oilers, and is this a generational thing? Jay says, Bob, I get why Flames fans are so fragile in regards to the Battle of Alberta. They've been irrelevant for pretty much their entire existence, says Jay. First, they were overshadowed by an uncanny Oilers team, dominant like we'll never see again. The Flames have no doubt been the better team uh, to the Oilers, uh, but due to getting the Oilers, Edmonton getting multiple first-round draft picks, the Flames were once again relegated to obscurity to mostly all fans except maybe those in Calgary itself. It started with Gretzky, Messi, and Curry, and now it's McDavid and Drysaddle. And so uh, that's what's in Edmonton and a bunch of meh down in Calgary. I don't think there's a bunch of meh. I think Calgary's... Had, they got some good players. They got a good team. And again, I'm not a guy that uh, likes crapping on other markets. I just think that's uh, that's a weak act. Um, I like the Battle of Alberta. I like the scraps. I like the intensity. And we should have a kicker here over the next couple games. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline, and we are joined by our NHL insider, John Shannon, for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Have no payments and no interest uh, for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. So I'm a guy from Edmonton who, I'm not an ABC guy as we bring aboard John Shannon. John, I'm not an anybody but Calgary guy. Uh, now, when the Oilers play Calgary, make no mistake. I want Edmonton to win. I want them to kick their butts. But saying that, I don't necessarily want to see the Flames fail. Uh, let me ask you a question. You're neutral to this. Is there a difference between, from your perspective, the two cities and how the two cities look at the Battle of Alberta? Uh, how the two cities... Hey, Bob, how are you? How the two cities... Good, John. How are you? How are you? Great. Great. How the two cities look at the battle, I, I don't think it is different. Uh, I think uh, the underlying tone of of the two cities and the rivalry that always seems to exist between the two. Uh, and it, it, when you say you're, uh, you're an Edmonton guy, I, I mean, full disclosure, I lived in Calgary 14 years. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Edmonton over that period of time, but I lived in Calgary 14 years. 
Um, I think the rivalry is the rivalry both places, and it's as intense uh, when the teams are good as it ever can be. Um, the underlying tone of what's going on now, I think is, it, it reflects more of the difference between the Euler brand and the Flames brand. I think the Euler brand has a um, – and, and that uh, the text you got brought a little bit of it up. Um, the Euler brand, because of Gretzky, because of Messier, because now of McDavid, um, versus the Calgary brand and the Flames logo, uh, I, th- I think that that's where the difference is. Um, I mean, Calgary is good for Calgary. The Oilers appear to have a far-reaching fan base, worldwide fan base, Canadian fan base, and that is because, A, of the draft picks, but B, overall, in the last, you know, the last 40 years, that they've, they've won more. And I think that that's just the reality of, of the Oilers versus the Flames. You know, uh, other ways that it's illustrated, and you know what the television numbers are uh, and what the radio numbers would be for the broadcast and that sort of thing. And uh, I look at the, just look at the Twitter follows. I mean, I'm not talking about that, like a guy like Ryan Rashog dwarfs, um, you know, Jermaine Franklin before he left to Toronto. And Jermaine's a great dude. Like, he's just an awesome guy. Uh, Mark I'm not Spe- sure that's how you measure people, but that's okay. I'm not. I'm just explaining the difference in terms of the actual Twitter. Like, Mark Spector, Eric Francis, some would say those guys are quite a bit alike in certain regards. But Mark has, you know, double to triple the amount of Twitter. To me, it's it reinforces that there, there might be a little bit better, uh, or not better, but more passion for well, for for the Oilers, that that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if you you know, I'm not it, saying who's a better guy. I, like, they got real, they got some real good personalities down there too. Yeah, absolutely. But, but it also you know I think it reflects more. I I think there's a culture it reflects. You, you know, uh, Calgary. Um, Calgary's a much more transient town. Uh, and when I mean that, I mean people go to Calgary, live for five years, and then may leave again. Yep. When you move to Edmonton, you stay. When you live in Edmonton, you stay. Uh, and I think that's reflective, too, of the rivalry. Uh, you, you know, you know the, the, the view from outside of Alberta was that Calgary was where the head office was, but the workers were in Edmonton. Yeah. And, and you know what? When, you're, when you work in head office, you get transferred. You go from you know, Toronto to Calgary to Denver to Dallas. Yes, and and so from that perspective, I I do think there's some validity there. The the, the hardcore of sports fans, um, I I think stay in Edmonton, live in Edmonton, believe in Edmonton. I think the hardcore sports fans started in Toronto, moved to Calgary, and is going somewhere else after. Well, uh, I remember Doug Mitchell doing a speech at uh, the College Sports Information Directors of America. It was the one year it was held in Canada in 2004. And at that time, uh, he said there were 100,000 Americans living uh, basically in Calgary. Now, I would hazard a guess that that number has dropped to maybe 60 or 70 just by nature of the economy. But uh, there are not 100,000 Americans living in Edmonton. So it, it just reinforces the point. So I, I'm 
John, I, I I really noticed this between the two markets now, and maybe the Oilers have gotten a little bit lucky too. You know what I mean? Like they got lucky. They got lucky with McDavid, and they got lucky with Drysital. Uh, mind you, you'd argue that hey, the Flames got a first round talent in the fourth round with Johnny Goodrow. Say what you want, and some fans at Edmonton might not like Goodrow, but he's a hell of a player. Give me give me a retro player for each team that defined the height of the Battle of Alberta, and a more recent. Uh, player of the two teams that kind of defines what the battle's about? Well, I mean, I think the two Hall of Famers, Lanny McDonald and Wayne Gretzky, that was that was the battle. You know, that was 1986. You know, that was, you know, Perry Berzan got credit for the goal, but Lanny was closer. Um, you know, and I think that, you know, the, that to me uh, speaks volumes and the, the different style of, uh, and, and even the different styles of the hockey clubs at that point. Um, you know, and, and, and when you do talk about it now, and it's funny, I, I would tell you at this point, when you saw who the players of the modern era are for both teams, I would tell you it's Connor and Mark Giordano. And I think, it, it, and, and how whether it's a coincidence or, or or irony, is how many collisions have those guys had? And, you know, if, if, if the Flames are to be successful, it's going to be Giordano that's going to have to be a big part of shutting down Connor McDavid. Does it change now that it's Daryl Sutter and Dave Tippett? I mean, this is an old Southwest matchup. These two teams <laughs> played. They played in the 2012 conference final where, you know, Phoenix, as they were known then, totally overachieved and la came uh, from seemingly nowhere that year to ended up winning the stanley cup and these they're both known for uh hard structural hockey is this completely changed the matchup with sutter in particular now uh, joining the battle re-engaging in the battle of alberta i don't i don't think it changes for the oilers i i, th- I think it changes for the flames if you've watched them the last two games with daryl behind the bench they won one game 2-1, they won the other one 3-1. Um, you know, the whole perspective of accountability and playing north-south hockey is is back on the back in the books for for the Calgary Flames. Um, you, you know, I think the the bottom line was is that there was a real belief within the Flames organization that some players, some key players weren't listening to Jeff Ward. And you know what, you have to listen to Daryl Sutter. And there's no choice. You you put yourself in this predicament, and now Daryl's in charge. Um, I, I think that Daryl has simplified the game so much for for the Flames, and quite frankly, in many ways, what we've seen with Dave in, in Edmonton is uh, I, I think that what started with Ken Hitchcock and uh, reinforced and then refined by Dave Tippett is they simplified the game as well. And then it goes and speaks to the volume of of the talent of the individual teams, and you know the Flames don't have Connor McDavid. They don't have anybody near Connor's talent. They don't have anybody near Leon Draisaitl's talent. Um, but they do have some talented players. And when you can only put you know Leon or Connor on the ice for 22 to 25 minutes, then you still have a chance to win. And that's why. Uh, starting tonight, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Yeah, it is. And uh, Dave Tippett, to start, has stated that it will be McDavid and Drysaddle together. John, those numbers, they played together the last five games, and it started uh, by being put together halfway through the game. So really, it's right. four, to, four and a half games. McDavid's got 12 points in those four and a half games, and Drysaddle's got uh, six goals and 10 points in those four and a half games. 
Edmonton got to Ottawa, and one of the texters pointed out, you know, Bob, like, Oilers fans shouldn't take any... The Oilers did what they needed to do against Ottawa. They went 7-0 and against the Senators. During the same stretch, the Senators went 9-7 and against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're an interesting team to watch, aren't they, John? Oh, they sure are. Listen, no, I mean, listen, they... they... They played really. They in Ottawa played really well in beating the Maple Leafs last night. Now the Maple Leafs were on the back end of a back-to-back, and Oilers fans can understand what you do when you go on the road and play the second game of a back-to-back, like happened in Vancouver on on uh, on Saturday night. Um, I, I, it's funny on Friday night, though, Bob. I will tell you right now, at, at Friday night at five to two, I think it was five to two. I wondered if Tippett would separate them just to try to get back to some level of you can call it normalcy some level of routine that you don't need Connor and Leon on the ice together all the time and he didn't do it I was surprised that he didn't do it because um, to me in the end I think this team uh, will succeed will go will be better in the long term uh, if they are separate and and if the people behind them the supporting cast with them uh, can contribute as well. I think that I think in the long term that will be an important thing, and and you have to wonder when you do play a team like Calgary that you know they're they're pretty strong down the middle. When you look at you can play Lindholm oh, yeah. in the middle, you can play Monahan in the middle. You got Michael Backlund there. Derek Ryan's been reinvented for in two games for uh, for Daryl. Um, you, you know, does it make sense to split Connor and Leon up again? You know, John, one more thing here that I just wanted to hit on pertaining to the league. There is so much, well, there's a couple weak teams in the uh, Canadian division, and that's driving uh, the numbers up offensively, and it's a higher-scoring division. Okay, the, then some of those players are getting all their games in, too. The uh, the central division in the NHL right now has three teams with a 741 win percentage or better. Florida's 18-5-4. Tampa Bay, who I think many of us would suggest is probably the favorite out of that division, is 19-5-2. And And Carolina, if they were better in goal, would be the favorite in that division because they got a great team. They're 26-1. So they got three teams with better than a 741 save percentage. Does that say something about the rest of that division, or does that say something about the uh, three teams? I think it says a little bit of both, uh, and I, I think. But I, I think you can actually look at all four divisions, Bob, and and see the separation. It's like the cream rising to the top, and I think we're seeing a great deal of that. You can, to me, in in, in Canada, you can see Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, then a separation. I think you can see it. See that with the three teams that you mentioned. The question is: Is can Chicago? hold Dallas off, because I think Dallas will be better in the end uh, with all those games in hand. I, I think in the West, I think you've seen it. I mean, the California teams in Arizona, I, I think we already know who the four teams going right. in, in the playoffs in the West. So the, everything, it seems to be this the, this baseball-style schedule with these home stands has created some separation. Uh, and, uh, I'm you know, for the short term, for what we're doing for this year with COVID in, in mind, it's as good as we're going to get. But I, I think we've seen that indication not just in the Central Division. I think we've seen it everywhere. And and that's that's not going to be a concern when we get back to 32 teams and playing North-South Divisions. But uh, I think it's just a fact of what we have with the 56-game schedule. Do you fully expect us to be playing North-South Divisions starting next year again? I do. I do. Because, I, 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 I mean, do I know that the border is going to be open? No. If the border is not open, we're not doing it. 
But do I expect the border to be open by Labor Day? I do. Yeah, I do. We both agree that the uh, ongoing border challenges may significantly alter what we'd expect out of the trade deadline this year? Yeah, I do. I, I, and I think that, uh, and I've, I've said this on multiple radio interviews, that uh, I, I think it's probably incumbent on the Canadian teams uh, once we get to April the 12th, if you're going to make a trade and you're trying to improve your team, you're probably going to look at the at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel in your own division before you're going to look at teams ac- across the border. Um, you, you know, so if you're an Oilers fan saying, "Well, we need another defense," and you take a look at what Ottawa's got that you might like, take a look at what well, I mean, people in Vancouver are going to be mad at me, but take a look at what Vancouver has that you might like, because that's where they're going to come from by the middle of April. Uh, unless you unless you're prepared to Bob, unless you're prepared to trade for a guy, let him sit for two weeks, and then he plays three games for you the first week in May. Well, and again, uh, he's also it's not just sitting the two weeks; it's he needs a week to get back after. Well, that's right. Week. So it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Unless you start making unless you start making trades now, but I, I just I, I just don't see that happening. I mean, I I think what you're going to do is you're going to end up. Uh, bringing guys, you know, like in Toronto, they're gonna they're gonna bring Wayne Simmons back just before the deadline and say, hey, that's as good as a trade. You know, that's what's going to happen a few places. That uh, a guy coming off injury will be given that position, and they're gonna live with it for this year. Maybe a guy coming out of the NCAA. You never know. Hey, uh, one final one for you here. <laughs> I tell you what. I hope you have a secret decoder ring. And I so hope you have like like uh, like Wisconsin T-shirts and hats and everything because you are, you are a one-man band for Dylan no, Holloway. You know what? You're, you're, no, a, you're unbelievable, Brian Lawton. I mean, Brian Lawton represented players like this. Brian Lawton, uh, you know, uh, Tony Granado and Brian Lawton, uh, you know, ha- have a relationship. Uh, is it Marco Siki that's there as well? Yeah. I, I'm going to defer to Brian. Brian would know best, you know, as from you know, as a time as an agent and a general manager. And if he says he can step in and give the Oilers a slightly different dimension in their uh, middle six forwards with the speed, that's good enough for me. That, and that's and I tend to agree with them. And the other thing is, I'm just looking at you know the guy's got 1.7 points per game this year. No, no, no. Listen, there's no question. And talking to Tony Granado about him, and yeah. I think that's a I think that's a magical. I think people have downplayed Granado's role in all this, and the relationship Kenny Holland has with Tony Granado. Right. Yes. Um, that I think what Tony's done for Dylan Holloway, what he's done since the World Juniors. I mean, I I think it's a, a phenomenal story. I, what what I would caution people to do is just don't get your hopes up too much for this year. You know, let it, maybe, maybe the best thing for him, and you and I can disagree on this, maybe the best thing for him is to go to Bakersfield. Well, it's entirely possible he starts there and still gets called up at some point. So we'll yeah, but, then, but then you got the four, then you got 14 days. And that is, and let's see if we're still at 14 days at that point, John. Yep. John, uh, Jack, not Michaels, uh, Jack has texted the show to say, Bob, when I was living in Calgary, working in the sports business, my neighbor to the left side of my house was a Canucks fan. He was from BC. The yep. neighbor to the right side of my house was from Ontario. Leafs fan. The yep. neighbor across the street grew up in Quebec, was a Habs fan, beside the neighbor who's from Nova Scotia, who is a Bruins fan. John Shannon is totally right. Dot, 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 for Wait, once. Can we clip that off and use that <laughs> For what? For can once. Can we clip that off, use that every day? I don't uh, hear that very often around my house. So. <laughs> you, you, you've ever heard that you're right around your house? Well, if, if I'm home alone. Yeah, exactly. There you go. John, we'll hook up Wednesday. Thank you for your time. Cheers. Cheers.
12.54 in Edmonton. Uh, over the course of this weekend, former WHL player Rob Hartnell passed away from cancer. Rob played minor hockey in Wetaskiwin. He graduated to the Alberta Junior Hockey League with the Hobima Hawks and then the Western Hockey League with the Lethbridge Hurricanes and the Tri-City Americans. Rob played nine years of minor pro, then three years with the Bentley Generals winning the Allen Cup in 2009. Up until a few seasons ago, uh, he was the general manager and head coach of the Wetaskiwin Icemen of the Capital Junior Hockey League. Rob was considered an amazing teacher and a mentor in the game of hockey and in life. His impact on the Wetaskiwin community was tremendous. We'll be back after this. If the This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Ched. So to start, Nugent Hopkins will be with Ennis and Pogliarvi. Doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. We'll wait and see what happens. I'm going to tell you that guests and Oilers now receive certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. As we head into the Oilers now injury report, brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. For every goalie Oilers score this season, James H. Brown will donate $100 to 630 Ched Santa's Anonymous. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com and here's Brendan Escott. Well, Zach Cassian still awaiting uh, final clearance to return from the long-term injured reserve. Uh, Kyle Turris is day-to-day in COVID protocol and... Uh Alex Stalock is uh, clearing quarantine as well. Calgary's Joe Kim Nordstrom day-to-day with a lower body ailment. Otherwise, they are fully healthy. And Ben Chirot out of Montreal will officially miss six to eight weeks following surgery on that hand that was hurt blocking a shot last week. I'd say the Flames are completely healthy. I mean, I'm looking at their their fourth line has Bennett, Ryan, and Levo. You ain't playing ahead of any of those guys, not with zero goals, zero assists in 23 games played and minus three. So uh, Flames are deep. They're relatively healthy up. They're as healthy as can be. It'll be a good matchup tonight, the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. When we come back, a bit of a blast for the past. A current general manager of a club team in Finland, former Edmonton Oiler, UC Markman on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.